football. It's America's game, America's favorite sport. The hard hits, the passion, the speed, the scheming. There's nothing like it. And now, for a breakdown of everything Vikings football and beyond, it's the Morris and Moss Podcast. Here's the superstar Mike Morris and NFL Network's Randy Moss. Welcome back, everybody, to the Morris and Moss Podcast. Uh, very pleased to be informed uh, to inform you rather that uh, the Minnesota Vikings have found a way to get over the top of the Detroit Lions, a score of twenty to seven. There, we're done. There, we can go home now. Now, the, the the thing is, is that finally I can start off without harping or venting or throwing a fit about how someone played or one individual played, even though we could probably pull one or two for old Xavier, but we're not going to. It wasn't that bad. Um, it's one of those deals where we, we're lining up and getting things put in put into place and tr- actually controlling our own destiny. So now it's just... Uh, a, a way of getting a way of getting back on balance after that Seattle fiasco. It was good to see them get back after a short week of practice and bounce back and play against a division opponent like this. Again, 20 to seven, the Lions I thought played uh, fairly well, but the Vikings were just a better team that night. Randy Moss, welcoming you to the uh, to the Morris and Moss podcast from the NFL Network. Your take on the on the football fiasco? Yeah. Got a chance to watch that one from the press box. It, it was uh, it was a workmanlike win, you know. If you just you know dropped in from another planet and didn't know anything about either of the teams, and you watched the game, you wouldn't come away from that saying, "Whoa, Minnesota's a Super Bowl team." But right. they did what they had to do. Um, they obviously knew that they were the better team, you know, and they. I, I thought they looked good. I thought I, I thought Kirk Cousins uh, was as efficient as he has been in the past. Stephon Diggs was outstanding. Uh, Alexander Madison during his time was good. Uh, they rested Cook in the fourth quarter, which was probably a smart thing to do given had some his chest pains or, his or whatever the case. Yeah. He had to wear a little a little extra flax jacket underneath there, but the defense that, that went okay. It was a more of a complete game from the defense than we've seen recently. It probably didn't hurt that they were going up against a, a guy in David Blau that uh, was only making a second NFL start. We <laughs> talked about that. And unlike what we saw from Brandon Allen earlier in the year with the Broncos coming into U.S. Bank Stadium, David Blau looked like a quarterback making his second NFL start. Yeah, yeah, he did. Although, although the game against, uh, uh, was it Chicago yeah, in well, the Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving Day game? Yeah. yeah, I thought he played incredibly well. He was not that same guy. And then, of course, uh, it doesn't hurt to have a little tape on someone, a little, little film reel, as we would say back in the day. They don't have film reels anymore, but we did. Uh, but, no, he, he was uh, very impressive against the Bears, and it was because he was brand new to the scene. The Vikings saw some tape and said, oh, well, <laughs> here's what we'll do, <clears throat> and made him look very ordinary. So, uh, that being said, though, they, they do pull off a, a solid win, you know, 20-7, to 7, uh, almost pitched the shutout, uh, the Lions coming up uh, with a score late in the game. But uh, it's just it's good to see that we can come back from a game like Seattle where you throw all the chips on the table against a good team on a Monday night you know, uh, uh, a stage where you want to get over the top, and Cousins plays and does his part. Uh, had a lot of other other things that did not go that way. Well, then that can deflate the team. That can deflate a team by t- get, getting taken out by 
uh, a team like Seattle, uh, who figures to be in the playoff picture and, and then some. So if you come back deflated and you can't get back on track, uh, that can be that can be the end of you real quick. So you have like after a game like that with a record that we show now, uh, you have you have 48 hours of pouting. You can do it the the rest of the game that night, flying back home, and then the next day. That's it. No more pouting. No more feeling bad about the way you played or the team played, onward and upward, or it will affect your next game. And after playing a Monday night game, falling right back onto a Sunday, not easy to do, but it's always good to get on the field again and get that bitter taste out of your mouth. So, and to get back in the win column, which we do against a division opponent. Now, the playoff picture is starting to dial in tight, a little bit tighter. And it's getting uh, it's it's going to be real interesting because we have three people, three teams, three opponents beginning with the San Diego Chargers this Sunday. I think that game has been flexed, hasn't it? I believe that game was flexed. It's in the it's in the late afternoon. It's a late afternoon game now. So figure into that uh, that we are going to uh, play the Chargers, who they're a dismal team right now. What are they five and? Five and eight, eight uh, and we're five, nine and four. So it's a you can't let a game like this now slip past you. It's the scenario going forward is going to be really interesting as far as the playoffs are concerned because there's two different ways that you need to look at it. First of all, uh, the Vikings are really up against it when it comes to winning the NFC North. Yes, they're a game behind Green Bay. But Green Bay holds a very important tiebreaker over the Vikings, and that is record within the division. So even if the Vikings went out and and they beat Green Bay in Week 16, they're going to need Green Bay to lose another game, another game. and they're going to need Green Bay to lose to a divisional opponent as well. So that would be the only path, really that the Vikings have uh, to win the NFC North. So the wild card right now is also getting interesting because they have a one-game lead right now over the Rams, and the Rams are really starting to catch fire. And just like the Packers, okay, the Rams hold two very significant tiebreakers over the Vikings. If If they wind up with the same record and it comes down to tiebreakers to determine the wild card team. They, they have and they will have, regardless of what happens the rest of the season, uh, they will have, unless the Rams just totally, you know. It, it, if, if the Vikings and the Rams finish together with the same record and they're in the wild card hunt, the Rams have the edge in common opponent record and they will have the edge in conference record. So there's really no way that the Vikings will be able to get a tiebreaker over the Rams. They're going to have to watch what the Rams are doing as well. Need some help. In other words, you need some help because if they went out and we went out, they have the conference and common opponent uh, advantage on us. Now, the good news is here are the remaining three games for the Rams. They have to play at the Cowboys this weekend. Uh, and the okay. Cowboys are in total disarray. They're in disarray. Total disarray, so God knows how they'll play. Then they have to go and play at San Francisco. And, and it's going to be – it's not going to be one of these games – where the 49ers have nothing to play for. They've got this clinched and that clinched because they're in a race with Seattle right now to win their division. Um, and also to get a bye, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be a big deal, that game. They'll be fighting and scratching. And then they close off with the home game against the Cardinals, which should be winnable. Uh, but 
if the Cowboys play one of their better games, and certainly the 49ers, they're not gimmies. So the Rams certainly not. don't have an easy, easy test. I, I, li- I like the way they stack up, and really, quite frankly, I like the way we stack up too. Uh, with our last three being who they are and where they're being played, especially the last two games, the divisional games, uh, being here at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium and uh, out of the cold weather and out of the elements that, that they could have been in, and I have played in those in Green Bay this this time of year and also in Chicago with snow falling sideways off the lake. Uh, I've done that too. So it's nice to have a nice tidy little little barn like we have downtown Minneapolis to play in. It used to be an absolute living hell for the old Vikings to play at the old Metropolitan Stadium where the Mall of America is now. Uh, but we've been a dome team ever since. And so those are not the way we go about That's not the way we go about business anymore. That makes a big difference, though. Big, big difference in a guy like Cousins. For us yeah. to have a, a decent shot is to have him on a good playing surface and throwing the ball the way he's been throwing it at a 70% completion clip. Uh, then I like, our, I like our chances. And I really do like the way we could win the next two out of three and the way the Rams are going to end up. So the path, really, the path for the Vikings to win the NFC North would be, would be to win out. Win out. To win their last three games, including the Packers, obviously, in Week 16, and then to have the Packers lose to the Bears at Lambeau on Sunday. The Bears are playing better. Mitchell Trubisky's playing a little better. I'm really impressed with the way he's come around. The I really am. didn't look like world beaters against the Redskins, yep. you know, the week before. Eat uh, that one out. So that would give the Packers two losses in their final three games, assuming they beat the Lions um, at Detroit in Week 17. And then that would give the Vikings uh, a better record in the NFC North. Um, could happen. It could literally, you know, it could happen. It's, it depends on how Chicago wants to play that late in the season to go into Lambeau and to actually try and steal one at Lambeau, even though they don't have an awful lot to play for, obviously. But Trubisky's got a lot to prove. And if he wants to be the guy in the saddle still and, and be that guy that they're going to count on and, and – uh, put their faith in for the future, then uh, he's going to have to play him out and play him hard. And I think that, I think that with Nagy and the, and the rest of that team being what it is, defensively especially, that he has a chance to, to close out strong. And this Chicago Bear team might be an up-and-coming team if, if uh, Trubisky is, uh, is, is confident enough to get out of the season the way the way he apparently is going to. And and then to do something in the offseason and to continue to study and, and, and bring the learning curve up. That's where he was he struggled this this past season. But it's it's making sense. I don't know what what it is or if it was him being sidelined for a while or feeling better injury wise. There's so many variables that come into place when uh, you know you look at a quarterback that looked like he was on the upswing and then he kind of tanked. Well, you knew he had the hip and then he had the shoulder a few things happened, and uh, um, anyway, he's, find, he's found his confidence again, and he's back on the field regularly enough that we know it's not a fluke. He's really making a good comeback. I still think in two years he'll be a backup quarterback somewhere. That's a lot of people <laughs> say that, I'm, I'm, I'm with, and I'm with you on that. I really am. I, yeah. I don't know if I can buy into this thing yet, but he really has been impressive to watch with his feet, with his arm, with his reads. I mean, I, I mean, he's he's a different quarterback over the last three weeks. So, uh, I, I, am I am I sold that this guy is going to be the guy of the future there in Chicago? No, I, I just am not yet. 
Um, so it's a, it's a, that's just a matter of time. But I do like, and I, I hope we can put it to rest, uh, the Kirk Cousins scenario about he, he's, not, he's not worth the money, he can't play in the big game, he can't come back, he can't. A lot of those things were answered this year up till now. I mean, he has done a, a dynamic job of getting back into football games. Green Bay hurt him. The first Green Bay conflict hurt him. That was one that, you know, he probably could have gotten uh, that off his back a lot earlier had he played down the stretch of the Green Bay game. But it didn't come out that way. But the Bronco game did. And when he played the way he did against uh, Seattle and now this past week against the Lions, and his stat sheet looks the way it is right now. I mean, he's one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the game right now. He really is. I mean, right now you'd rather have, given a choice, you'd rather have Jackson, you'd rather have Mahomes, you'd rather have Russell Wilson. Rodgers? And uh, Isn't there something I, about that? I when, think you'd that probably used to be rather have. That used to be a slam dunk. That used to be a, slam, used to be dunk. a slam dunk. But now it's a, it's a head scratcher. This year, other than those three quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins is playing as well as anyone else in the NFL. Obviously better than Tom Brady. Yeah. Probably better than Aaron Rodgers has been playing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you can't complain. The guy, the guy is yeah, – I'll tell you what, he's a competitor, and, and he comes in, he's a gamer. Uh, he hates being called out in the middle of the street. And put in the limelight with, with tags of underachiever and, you know, whatever else. I mean, a closer in, in prime time, he's not. Well, I don't know. I dare to say that he, he may have made the corner on a, a really good defense with the Denver Broncos where he came back and found a way. So, but the rest of the team playing the way they are, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of go down through this and sort of systematically sort of talk about things the way we do on, on a weekly basis, starting off with the offensive line, which I think, I think they have found balance in this attack with running and then passing and the ratio of runs and the ratio of, of uh, pitch count with Dalvin Cook and the utilization now of Kyle Rudolph. I mean, this is really not a bad offense Function-wise, without without uh, without Adam Thielen, so we had a receiver that was was grieving about halfway through the season. That being Stephon Diggs, and wasn't getting the ball enough, and didn't have any completions or, or, or touchdowns wound up yet. Well, now that's a completely different scenario, and you have to like the way the Vikings have reinvented themselves offensively. And and I, if I if it were up to me. I, and I don't know, Randy, you, you, let, you tell me you've seen a lot of football played and been around the game forever and ever, but Alexander Madison is the real deal. That's the backup to Dalvin Cook. And then I, Look, we haven't had a, a background here like Dalvin Cook in a long time, a long maybe ever, where, I mean, Adrian Peterson was Adrian Peterson, that style, but this guy is dynamic in so many ways of catching the ball, the way he runs, the speed to the outside, he can block, but Alexander Madison is <clears throat> one of my favorite Vikings right now. I mean, I can't believe the way that kid comes in and how hard he runs the football. He's a physical, physical running back and always, you know, falling forward for yards. But I don't know. You can't give that kid, the, you know, the rock enough right now with Dalvin Cook being hurt. 
So you mentioned Thielen and Madison. Here's an update today. I don't, I don't know how much priority, emphasis, whatever you want to say, uh, to, to put on this. But Madison didn't practice today. We're taping this on Wednesday. Um, he was the only Viking listed as not practicing today because of an ankle injury. Okay. I didn't notice anything in the game against Detroit. It's probably just a precautionary thing. It's early in the week. Right. Um, typically, the Thursday-Friday practices, as you know, are the ones that, that matter the most is in terms of – If you're not back in pads by Wednesday – Right. And Thursday for sure, uh, you're probably not going to play on Sunday. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Thielen did practice Wednesday on a limited basis, which is a departure from last week when he did not practice at any time right. during the week. Um, now, that doesn't mean it's a guarantee that – Thielen will not have a setback during the week. That's what happened two weeks ago. He practiced on a limited basis, looked like he was going to play, and then he had a setback on Saturday of all days, apparently, and it kept him out of the game. He's now, if you count the bye week, it's now been seven weeks that he's been sidelined uh, since that hamstring injury. So it's obviously uh, a significant hamstring injury. And in that seven weeks, I'm, I'm counting the game in which he tried to play and and left after one or two series, yeah. you know, grabbing like his hamstring. One, one yeah, series. To, one pass out to the sidelines to him, and that was it. He was done. To me, that's the same as a non-start, and it's also obviously not a guarantee that if he does get in the game on Sunday, that he won't pull up lame again. Let's you know keep fingers crossed if you're a Vikings fan. But wouldn't it be nice to have him back at at a hundred percent? If he was uh, full speed, full tilt. I mean, yeah. I, I can't even say he would be at full tilt, even if he was one hundred percent healthy. Because there's just a knack for being able to run and cut and run routes and have concentration uh, on the football that he always has. It, it, would that be sharp? I don't think so. I, I just don't think that that would come back right away. He hasn't played enough. But it would only take him one or two games. And so it's good to see him back to the point where he's going to get back in these games at just the right time. I mean, couldn't be better timing uh, than this close to the playoffs and that whole picture playing out. Uh, we need him right now more than ever. So anytime you put that guy on the field, now if they find out that he can't run hard on the first series of plays that he's out there, they're not going to honor it. The Vikings are going to try and get him out there, and if he can't do it, teams will know right away, and they'll just they'll snuff it out, and they'll know exactly what side of the field they're really going to because the Vikings, that if they don't put him out there for real, as a real deal player that's ready to play, it's not going to work. They may as well have him benched. Yeah, because at wide receiver, that does not work. And I know a thing or two about hamstring issues and helping players come back from hamstring issues, myself included. That's a recurring uh, nightmare in itself, uh, especially especially a wide receiver. So if you, re if you redo that and you don't take enough time to come back, they, get, they, they blow again and worse. Now it's more time than it ever was. You tweak it, it's two to three weeks. If you don't play that carefully, it can be a season. Well, that may be what happened to him when he tried to come back after one week off. Yeah, he's, that was the old, I can go, I can right. go, I feel great. Well, you better test it again, and you better do some cuts and some different things and find out if there's any sensitivity or any touchy uh, sort of things that happen when you sit down or stretch or anything you do in cows. You better feel that hamstring, and you better feel it being completely strong. And, and uh, in, in, even in the weight room, uh, you should be able to tell the difference between a good or a weak hammy 
And if you don't, it's going to pop again. Calves, too. A calf, absolutely, all season long, too. So you, you got a receiver who's trying to cut and come out of a break or make a, you know, a glide for a football uh, that they have to chase down. And strong arm a defensive back at the same time. That has got to be real deal. Now, if we can get him back in the lineup, and he, and he is that, I like our chances to do anything. I think we'd be, be one of the hotter teams in football coming down the stretch with this new insertion of Kyle Rudolph. I mean, I think that we've found something really special in that guy. He has started to play football at a different level than he ever did. They're using him differently because of Thielen's absence. And the guy is moving better than I've ever seen him move. I think it's because he's become more assertive as a blocker and a physical player off the edge. But, I mean, when he catches the ball, he's not hesitant anymore. He turns and runs. I can't believe Kyle Rudolph's style of play has literally changed this late in the game. Motivation probably doesn't hurt either because there was a contract issue at the beginning of this season. He wasn't yeah. sure he was going to be back with the Vikings or right. not. They drafted Irv Smith Jr., the tight end from Alabama, and a lot of people thought he would come in and take Kyle Rudolph's place. So there was more than a little bit of motivation for Rudolph going into this season <laughs> to show what he had. <laughs> when you've been the man for a long time and now you're looking over your shoulder and um, – suddenly realizing that, that what they've been telling most of the players, including him, that you can be easily replaced. Is that it's not just you could be replaced. In the NFL, they'll tell you flat out. You can be easily replaced. And for the most part, you can. At any position, there's a young and willing football player out there that if he's given a chance, can develop into the exact same thing you are, if given the chance. And that's where, I, and I agree. I totally think it might have been the inspiration and the motivation with pressure that they may have put on him, is to put him in that same training camp mentality, two a days where you've got to win your job back, and you got to win it out. And if you're not, suddenly you're a blocking tight end. And he didn't say a word. He went about his business, didn't cry about it, didn't gripe, and started blocking his rear end off, which I have never seen Kyle Rudolph block better. I mean, we've got a, a pretty decent edge blocker from the tight end position that we haven't had since Jim Kleinsaucer. So it's, a, it's impressive to watch him play, and the one-handed grabs don't hurt either. Uh, both touchdowns, too, by the way. So it's a, he has been a, a pleasant resurgence in this Viking offense. And now to add Thielen to that and an up-and-running you know, up uh, digs now with a better attitude, a rebooted attitude, uh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about Treadwell. I don't know. I really don't know Better. what to say about Treadwell. I'll just say whatever. Yeah, he's there, and he seems to be trying a little harder since he visited um, the streets again, and he got to got to come back uh, because of Thielen's injury. But I think there was a wake up call for sure in that guy. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm sure he was wondering, like, did I spend all that money? Because I'm out here now, <laughs> so he got another crack at it. And I'd like to thank some new people on the block with their sponsorship of the Morrison Moss Podcast, Essence Skin Clinic, located in downtown Rochester, Minnesota, right next to the Mayo Clinic. Get down there. They're qualified. They're staffed up with physicians, nurses, estheticians, and they're rated in the top 6% nationally. Now, they invite people from all walks of life, from all around the world, into their clinic. They've done that for 30 years now. Okay, They've hosted celebrities and dignitaries and queens from around the world for their skin care needs. 
Now, if you're looking for CBD products, they've got them. In fact, they've got serene premium CBD products. Uh, those are made using the highest quality industrial hemp manufactured in a GMP certified and FDA registered insured compliant facility. Now, you want to make sure you use your coupon. That's right. We have a coupon code, Superstar68, to receive 25% off your purchase. Now, here's the best part. You could go to EssenceSkinClinic.com, order it online, and they'll ship it to you right to your doorstep absolutely free. Not bad, huh? Get on down there and say hi to Jennifer Sandman for me. And let them know the superstar Mike Moore sent you down there. And then also I'd like to thank Dodge of Burnsville, The Office, Sneaky Pete's, and speaking of Pete, Pete Peterson's State Farm Agency. Get down there. Pete's got his own agency now. I used to work with him at Dodge of Burnsville, in fact. So we got a lot of overlapping sponsorship here from the past, but Pete and I used to do all the Dodge commercials down at Dodge of Burnsville. Well, not go over there and get your car insured at, 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 at his State Farm agency. He'll take great care of you, okay? Uh, and now back to the podcast. So now they take the show on the road to Los Angeles. L.A. Right? They're going to – it's – if you've – for those that haven't watched a so-called home game for the Chargers, it's not really your home field advantage. There will be as many or more Vikings fans in that small stadium as there will be Chargers fans. Agreed. So it's actually – Think of it as more like a neutral field game than a than a road game for the Vikings. Although, of course, they're having to travel a long way to get there. Right. Um, your thoughts on the Chargers? Flat, up and down, cold. They, you never know which team you're going to get. Uh, Rivers. You know, we talked about it as we were prepping for the show here. Um, not the same guy that he's been. In the past, just lately, uh, I think, Randy, you brought it up, uh, that he's had double-digit interceptions now for the past four years, I think. Nine years in a row. Oh, the rest, right. the last nine years. Yeah, yeah. 15-year career. He, he takes his shots. I mean, he does. Yeah. I think he's got, uh, well, he's got 467 shots down the field, 304 completions, 65% uh, completed. Uh, but he's got, yeah, 20 touchdowns. And 15 interceptions. Uh, he's just not the same quarterback that he once was when he was sharp. I, I don't. I don't. I don't really see this as being, you know, uh, it. It's always a test in the NFL. It doesn't matter who you play. But this was one you should doggone have. Uh, yeah. uh, you gotta have this. We're gonna have a little difference of opinion here. You think so? Yeah. I this don't, is what we said the Lions were the best three and eight team in the NFL. You like well I, absolutely no doubt that the Chargers are the best five and eighteen. Yeah, I and I I realize that. I do. I I really do. Yeah. I I think that that's the team they always are, though. Uh you see a yes. team that plays well enough to be considered in any game, but they always find a way to shoot themselves in the foot, much they, the way the Lions they do. have this year. I mean yeah. last year in one touchdown games, they had a six and one record. Uh, at the beginning of this season, most of the prognosticators out there considered the Chargers to be a top five or top six team right. going into this year. Right. They were, I think, what are they, 11 and five last year or they something? They were 11 like and five, that. I think. Um, they've had some injuries, but that's not really an excuse. It's just been up and down play, but they've lost four games by seven points. That's each game by a seven point margin. Right. Three of their losses have been by a field goal. By a field goal. Yep. And one of their losses was by two points. So that's eight losses. All eight of their losses this year have been by seven points or less. Or less. The all-time NFL record for a season is nine. Nine. 
So they're they're closing in on that uh, frustrating yeah. uh, NFL record. And don't um, you think though that it lends itself to so many things: bench and depth, and attitude about the team, and Melvin Gordon this, and not happy with what he gets uh, gets paid, and Philip Rivers trying to find a way to make it work down the field with a jillion passes, forcing the ball, interception after interception. That's why you lose close ball games. That's why you lo- if you're a winning team and you believe in yourselves and you have the right attitude when you step out there, good teams find a way to win a, a close game. And at the, at the end of a game, you'll find that they do more often than not. I mean, you, some teams are just not out of it until, you're, until that last second goes off the clock. But you, you can't take the, the Chargers lightly. You, I mean, you go out to Los Angeles, wherever, it's not a home field advantage by any means. In fact, I'm, the clock is ticking on when they'll move back to San Diego already. But I, I, you have to take it seriously. That's what can get you beat is going out there and thinking, wow, it's fun in the sun. We'll go out, have a bite to eat, get to sleep, get up and play a game, and get the win and come back home. No, I, no that you, if you look at it like that, you are in big trouble. So I'm hoping we've won, we've learn something from, from a couple of the games that we've played this year where we shot ourselves in the foot like that. So, so when you look at the Chargers and you look at every part of the Chargers, they sure don't look like a 5-8 and eight team on paper. Uh, Agreed. The, the weak part of the team is the offensive line. Agreed. They have a, one of the weaker offensive lines in the NFL, maybe a bottom three or four offensive They're line. They're not good. Russell not. Okung, Dan Feeney, Scott Quisenberry, Michael Schofield, and – Sam Tevy are the five offensive linemen, and they're all playing at a uh, mediocre to poor level. Pass protection has been a big issue. That's the weak point of the team. You mentioned Rivers' 15 interceptions. He was awesome on Sunday. He threw 22 passes. He had six incompletions and not a bad throw among them. He had three bombs 30, 40 yards downfield that were dropped. Well, one of them wasn't dropped. Hunter Henry had to stretch out and dive, and he had the ball in his hands. He just right. didn't. He just didn't hang on. Um, they've got one of the best tight ends, one of the top ten tight ends, in Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, Mike Keenan Williams. Allen's fantastic. Mike Williams is underachieved a little bit, but he's a big downfield, oh yeah, uh, long you know long range threat. Keenan Allen always, always. They have. It may not be the best one-two punch at running back, but, it, but it's close. And Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. Gordon. Last week, Eckler had 100 yards receiving and 100 yards rushing and only had 12 touches. Incredible. I think he's the best running back in the NFL at coming out of the backfield as a, as a pass back. receiver. Yep. I think he's even I better than Dalvin Cook. I, uh, Dalvin Cook is um, – he's been a little bit nicked here. Uh, our offense has led itself to – you know, if Adam Thielen had been on the field this whole time, Cook would have been a bigger deal by now, a bigger deal in the passing game and otherwise. But because of that, we've, we've, we've stalled out a little bit after losing Adam Thielen, uh, where I think that he would have played a different role, uh, Dalvin Cook, that is. But uh, we've been in a reinvent mode for a while. Our offensive line, not exactly stellar at times, but the past week or so, I, you know, I'm not going to say anything bad about him. I mean – O'Neal and Klein continue to impress. Uh, Bradbury, I think, continues to get a little better. Uh, Elfline, I've got issues there, uh, up and down. I, we can't even – we don't have much time left. But 
And they'll be tested because you got Joey Bosa on one side of the defensive line and and Melvin Ingram on the other side. Uh, Those are two big timers right there. That's big time. So I like O'Neal. You know, Brian, he's playing extremely well, I think. I mean, what an athlete out there at right tackle right now. But Riley Reef, by the way, a great athlete in high school and college, state champion wrestler. Uh, I think might have been a collegiate champion also in wrestling. I mean, big body, big tough guy, but he's – He's always broken. I mean, he's always hurt by before the end of the game or before the end of the season. So you better get a tight end over there to chip because old Bosa is coming off the edge hard, uh, and Ingram as well. So, so I'm, I'm I'm sitting here giving you all the reasons for Vikings fans to be worried, right? And you've well, got, we got the Southern California Vikings got, club out there too. I mean, that's a that's a strong club out there. You got Casey Hayward, one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. You got Derwin James, who's now back for the last two games off of injury, one of the best safeties in the NFL. You know, you've got a team that beat the Bears in Soldier, which is something the Vikings couldn't do. Killed the Packers. They were up 26 to 3 over the Packers out there. And yeah. they wound up winning the game 26 to 11. Um, so those are the reasons why Vikings fans need to have their, their antenna up. You have, I mean, yeah, I, I, think, is, I think if you let this one slide by mentally, you check out of this thing, and we're good to go. And we played really solid against the Lions, and we played pretty solid against Seattle. We're a better team than San Diego. Spreads, Should be able to get this one. You're in trouble. You are two and a half. Right, two and a half. Two and a half. There it is right there. Yeah. Well, Phillip Rivers is no joke now. I mean, you can say what you want. He's had to force an awful lot of things to happen out there. That's why he's under duress all the time, and that's also why he's throwing a lot of picks. Uh, but if, if there's a guy that – can sling the the rock. I mean, that's it, that's the guy right there. No question about it. Melvin Gordon, love him ever since Wisconsin. Great athlete. I don't think his head's in the right place. But, no, you can't take the Chargers lightly. I've got the Vikings winning uh, this game decisively by 17 points. Look at that. I'm going for, I'm going for the throat on this one. I really believe that Cousins is finding himself. I'm going to go with a 17-point win over the, over the San Diego Chargers. I think they fold like a box kite. To me, this is a trap game. I'm going 23-20 Chargers. 23-20 Chargers win. That's what I'm going. I'm yeah. going to say 27-10 Vikings win. I don't right. know how you pull 27 points out of this, but uh, I'm going to run with that. I, I just really feel that we've arrived a little bit, and we're getting healthier, and I think that it's, it's finally going to make sense coming down the stretch in December. I hope I'm right, I, but I have a good feeling about the way they played against Detroit. I think it can be a, somewhat of a blowout. You know, only 20-7 to 7 against Detroit at home, but I, like the, I think the Vikings are making a turn. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And I think they'll beat the Packers. You think they'll beat the Packers? Oh, I think they'll beat the Packers. Yeah, at home, I do. That's interesting. I do. And you have the Chargers doing, this, doing us up by, by a field goal. On the road, where the Vikings have not been too sharp going out west. Um, um, yeah, the Chargers I, are coming off a 45-10 to 10 win. The, they've looked, they looked better last week than they've looked all year. They're healthier now than they've been all year. Um, we, we played Oakland ta- out they're there, though, very right? talented we play team. You we, know? Played, we played them here, didn't we? Yeah. That's right. Surely, surely we played well against Seattle, just too much team out there in Seattle. So I, I, you know, got no pressure on them. they got nothing to lose, right? Uh, nothing at all. <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. So we'll, we'll find out how it goes. What's uh, funny about this, right? Next year, 
The Chargers and the Rams will be sharing SoFi Stadium, the $5 billion SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, right? Can you imagine. Right now they're rivals in the Los Angeles market. The Rams are going to be pulling like heck for the Chargers. You bet. To beat the Vikings. Oh, absolutely. It's the best thing that could happen to the Rams' playoff chances is for their, their future, the co-tenant in the stadium, uh, to, to beat the Vikings no question. On, on Sunday. You're right. right. That's right. In the opposite conference, too. Uh, that's about it for us. Break it down every week on the, on the Morris and Moss podcast, and we just did it again. Uh, so onward and upward. Let's try to get to double-digit wins. It would be 10-4 and four if we beat the Chargers out there. And um, then onward and upward coming down through December uh, against some of our uh, arch nemesis, you know, Green Bay and Chicago. Look out, everybody. It's going to get crazy at just the right time of year. Uh, and that's it then. We'll talk to you about that after it happens next week. Okay, we've got the flex game going, the later mid-afternoon game. Uh, so be wary of that. Uh, so for the NFL Network's Randy Moss, the big voice, Manny Hill, I am the superstar, Mike Wars, you think I ain't? And uh, if you don't, then I'll meet you in the parking lot. Okay, Skull Vikings. Vikings.